You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Brad came back and then he disappeared. He's back and then gone. Yeah, I was like halfway expecting him to be talking. Well, <clears throat> I should lead with I was listening to last week's on um, the ride in this morning where Brad was talking about my ape-like body. <laughs> so I was yeah. ready to, to call him out on that. And he's like, Dan has unusually long arms. So uh, I think you should get some shots in. We We took it easy on him since he wasn't here when he was sick. If you want to get some shots in today. I think it would be good. Now's yeah, your I mean, he, your time. he does have a point, though. I do have unusually long arms. <laughs> I went to the tailor once. I was like, yeah, all the sleeves on everything I get are, don't go all the way down to my wrist. He's like, you are not shaped like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, you are not shaped like a normal person. That's why you did so good at Gayos. That's the, what uh, he was saying. Talking uh, about squatching. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I think the whole thing with, with the squatch, I was listening to you guys talking about how sweaty I made that costume. Mm. Is it's all thick fur. The whole yeah. costume is it was hot. thick, thick fur that just traps all your body heat. So When the hands and feet are just straight vinyl. So there's <laughs> yeah. no, and the nothing. head. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. vent. No vent. So it would have made you so much sicker. But oh. a video of you projectile vomiting inside the swatch. That would have like been poltergeist. Yeah, we're no. on viral. Yeah, you have to be. It makes you feel for like the professional mascots or the people at like Disneyland when it's a hundred degrees for real in Orlando yeah. and they're in something. So yeah, yeah, they're like all all. They look like they're smiling underneath the costume, <laughs> doing their like thing, but under the head, they're just like probably crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I read, uh, some, this is totally unrelated. It is. I'm going to talk about it. I read something that at Disney World, there's like this whole like hierarchy of people that are there. And if you are a face person, like someone that doesn't have a mask on your character, you're like top tier. Like mm. if you're Cinderella or Prince Charming or whatever, like Aladdin, you are the thing. But if you are covered in something, like you're down low. Oh, so they like cover up with cool. people that aren't good actors and actresses. No, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think they're good. I think that that people that are there treat you differently. Mm. You know, like you're royalty if you can like show your face and be. Uh, it helps if you're walking around like a princess to right. be treated like royalty. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So enough of that Disney yeah. character BS. <laughs> well, boys, we went fishing yesterday. Talked about it, hyped it up, planned it for a month or two. Blanked. Where'd y'all go? Like around here at a creek? Yeah, we went to Otter Creek down by Fort Knox. We got a ton of rain over the last, what, like week and a half or something. Every pond I went to, creek I drove by was chocolate milk. Well, and I think this is the issue with our fishing trips is we plan them so far in advance that we don't take the time to reconsider. You know, should we go to a lake instead? Should we pull out some kayaks? Should we take their yeah. new boat out? Yep. Because we're like, two months out, we're like, hey, everyone, clear your schedules. Yeah. We're going to go fishing. 
And this is the same thing that happened with the tornado weather as well. But it either makes for, like, a mega epic day where there's, like, five of us and we all just, like, murder it. Or, like, for example, the tornado day where we went and caught, like, 60 fish between us. And then you have Otter Creek days. Yeah, and we're, like, herding cats. If the day before we're like, hey, let's totally change the plans, everyone would have different ideas and different schedules. So it's hard to do it. But, yeah, we kind of knew going into it that it, it might not be the the best fishing day how is that because so much rain it kicks up so much sediment Uh, and so then you know the fish can't see mm -hmm. hardly anything and then the water flow was just crazy i i fell down once you did that was fun (laughs) oh y'all were fly fishing yeah Yeah. fly fishing and i get kind of uh brave Mm. too brave in the water like jacob would get halfway out and be like nope this current's too strong and i'm like i can muscle it if I get to my waist and it feel and I feel pressure tipping me, that's usually my point to pull out. Yeah, and and the thing was, I felt pretty good until you'd get on a slick rock, and that's why I fell because I got on a slick rock and the current was so strong I could just yeah. feel my feet sliding <laughs> it's like a treadmill. Yeah. And then my feet just went off the edge of a rock, <laughs> and I fell on my knees, and then I have this weird like. Mm, would I rather rip my waders or die? Like, these are both <laughs> very important things. And then you start feeling some water come over the top of your waders. Yeah, that's you're what like, I was oh, looking I for. Oh, I got to get up quick. What are you supposed to do? Cold. Like, when that happens, do you? is there, like, an emergency, like, you just pull your pants off? What are you doing? Technically, yeah, you come out naked. there's a cinch belt around your waist that you're supposed to keep tight enough that it minimizes the amount of water that goes in. In that kind of scenario. Oh, so we would only fill the top up. I don't tighten it that much mm-hmm. because it makes it difficult to bend over and, and your movement is kind of limited. So I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But technically, yeah, you would get out, dump the water out. If you go completely under, mm-hmm. people think that your waders are going to weigh you down. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It's 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 the same weight. So you just have to float out to a spot where you can get your feet down and then climb mm. out of the water people panic they're like a buoy and that's what no no if, if your belt's tight enough yeah because your legs will be mm-hmm. yeah, more air filled oh yeah. okay but i've i've gone completely under my waders one time and they weigh like 80 pounds and so it's a lot more difficult once you start getting that weight up out of the water oh. in the water it's not as bad but once you start getting that weight up out of the water and they're full of water it yeah, sucks. Derek was talking about it, and he was like, you know, well, I think whenever he goes duck hunting by himself, and um, he always thinks, oh, well, if I, if I, uh, if I, if my waders filled up with water, I'd just be able to kick out of them. And then he goes, and he goes, and then I always get to the parking lot, and I have a hard time getting out of my waders in the parking <laughs> lot. <laughs> He's like, there's no way I'd be getting out of them uh, in in the middle of the water if I was one under. So yeah, no, but it was high current. It was a lot of sediment. Um, Otter Creek's like a big wading place. Like we go to Hatchery, there's not that many places to wade. Otter Creek is, it's really fun because around here there's not like a ton of awesome wading places like there. I mean, I don't have a ton of experience going to a bunch of different places, but I always look forward to going there because it feels a lot more like you're at like a really cool, like out West or North Carolina or something where like you've got the full fly fishing kind of deal. Your water's, your flies landing in the water behind you and then around and you're like, you can kind of fish in a circle if you want. You can turn on either side of the stream, especially yesterday when the water was so high. But it uh, it definitely got a little sketchy at a couple of points. Like that one place you took us at the beginning, you were like, hey, I'm going to go introduce you to some of my old friends. Um, 
Jacob's friends are trout, by the way. And uh, we go back to this <laughs> bend, and w- he gets there. We get there, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna fish here." And I was like, "Where should I go?" And you're like, "You should try to get over there." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." So I kind of like I'm working my way over there. <laughs> so here, here's the part where clarification of directions yeah. comes into play. I didn't mean walk your body <laughs> out into this rapid, <laughs> but to try to cast to that spot. And, and I got like <laughs> almost nipple deep. <laughs> so I, I turned around I, and I'm fishing this direction. And then I look back over and realize what you're doing. At this point, you're too far gone. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm, I can't stop him now. Yeah. He's, he's well, I took one step too far and realized it. And then I was like, okay, this is as far as I can go. But yeah. if I were like overcommitted, I probably would have gone in. One at like normal normal water level. Yeah, that's to- that's an easy walk across yeah. right there. Yeah, because um, I have I have crossed right there and then fished back up the other bank. But yeah, and honestly, yesterday the water color didn't bother me as much as just the amount and speed. Yeah, I didn't know where the fish were. I, I tried fishing the usual spots; they weren't there. They must have moved into the softer water. Tried fishing the softer water, which in some cases you've already walked into. So you got to try to fish from the, you know, the edge before you go in. But yeah, yeah. it was weird. Like at the end or what we thought was going to be the end for like me, Phil and Derek, we were sitting at the trucks and just like watching one part of the stream. And this dude is like just whacking fish. Like we saw him land too and get a bunch of bites. And then I guess got bored and he like left the area and went to go fish somewhere else. So I looked at Derek and I was like, "Uh, I'm going to go try that. And so I was standing like you could see our trucks from where we were at and like got two hits like immediately like not just like bites like they were on and they spit out the hook one spit out the hook because jacob distracted me <laughs> i would have was I that holding caught his fish. rod did i touch his rod <laughs> what'd he say what'd he do well i'm standing there and like had just got a real good bite had a fish on so i'm fishing the same spot which is something i've learned from jacob like if you get a hit like you can kind of hang out there and like fish to the same fish and try to land it and so I like, I throw, I throw my fly out and Jacob's behind me and we're used to not catching anything all day. So I'm just like basically chilling with my fly in the water, like not paying attention, like turning around, talking to him. And he's like, how did Phil get across the river? Like, how can I get across there? And so I'm like fully turned around. So you were like, fishing that pheasant tail? Uh, that's what Phil had. I had like a woolly bugger on there. It was like brownish purpley. I hadn't tried it all day and started getting bites on it. And, uh, I was like fully turned around. I was like, what I would do is I would walk like, you know, kind of behind me and then around and then get up close to these rocks or whatever. And as soon as I turn around and I go to lift my rod to like cast, I have a fish on, (laughs) like, like, as soon as I lift it, boom, fish is gone. I was like, (laughs) yeah. The the one good bite I got over there, kind of close to the trucks, was the same scenario where I was lifting to cast. And I told Dan, "Is like I was lifting to cast, so my motion was too fast to set the hook, and it pulled it right out of his mouth." Phil caught his doing that lifting. Phil caught his lifting. So there was something yeah. to that. I well, don't know. There were those those blueing olive uh, mayflies were hatching, and anytime that's happening, those nymphs from the bottom are then popping up to the surface and so that's the motion they're looking for is that rise so that's remember we're at hatcher creek and i was like dude fish your full drift and then and then raise up and then cast yep because it's that raise that sometimes triggers them yeah i definitely like i'm not an experienced fly fisherman enough to like 
replicate what was happening, but I was sucking so bad and like not getting any bites. I just sat down for 15 minutes and was just like watching the water and watching like what bugs were around and stuff. And I was seeing those little flies and I was like, huh, if I knew what I was doing, maybe I could apply what's going on here. (laughs) But I saw them like kind of like flying around and like on the water, but I was like, I don't know what that means. Like what you should. So is that why they're like, why would they hit a woolly bugger doing that? Like that's a pretty big, they thing. just think it's something else in the water. It looks like a leech or helgramite oh, okay. or something that's bigger, bait fish, whatever. Okay. <clears throat> so, you know, and they're there. It, I don't know where they were sitting yesterday depth-wise, but they're kind of watching. And if those bugs are coming up to the surface, their eyes are probably looking that direction. More that direction. Huh. So as you come up, they chase it. But with the water being the tent that it was, you pretty much have to have it in their face when yeah. that happens. Well, didn't have that very much yeah. yesterday. <laughs> it sucked. And so I was I was mentioning this this morning. I go home last night, and I'm bummed out. And Liz is like, yeah, you, that was awesome. Did you have fun? I'm like, yeah, it was cool. But, you know, it's kind of a bummer. We were hopeful for the strip. Anything? No. Uh, I think I probably had four bites. I had two mm-hmm. really good takes. Um, and then, you know, I was just bummed out. She was like, well, why? I was like, you know, because I feel like at this point in my fishing career i should be able to <laughs> land a fish you know i feel like in any situation i'm going to catch something yeah and it's it's take it like an athlete so an athlete you're overplaying everything in your head after after the game you're watching tape and thinking about what you should have done different what you could have done what you're going to do next time and so the whole evening i'm just like running through these scenarios in my head thinking about the water and where i was and where i was putting my fly and so it's more than just like a hobby to me now yeah, expectations <laughs> kind of grow over time. Yeah. <laughs> I think like I'm not there yet where like I expect to catch fish every time, but like definitely when we first started going, I was just like happy to be here, you know, like trying out new st- everything's new and you're learning so much that it's like super stimulating. Like yep. it's exciting the entire time. And then as time goes on a little bit, it's like all right, nothing's biting. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Why do I suck so bad? What do I not know? Like how? But the good thing is when you're with Derek said this yesterday, we were sitting on the truck and he was like, whenever I go fly fishing by myself and I go out and I catch zero fish, I'm always super bummed because I'm like, ah, man, I'm terrible. Like if other people were out here, they'd be catching fish. But like when there's five of us out there and none of us are catching fish, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe you can blame some external factors or like. At one point, Derek was like, I'm going to go sit up here and just watch the river for a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't compute for me. It's I like, if I'm at the water, I am hammering it. I and said I- that exact, exact sentence. He said, I told Jacob I was just going to chill because he's like, I'm a little more of a naturalist, you know, I should enjoy being out here. I was like, that literally does not compute for Jacob. Those, <laughs> yeah. That was the exact sentence I said. Like, he, yeah. And at the time, you were fishing one spot where one you fish. had been for, I don't know, 40 minutes just, like, on one fish. And I was like, I came up to you, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go fish, like, a little bit down here, like, along this log. And you were like, don't you mess up this fish, yeah, dude. Don't like, let that fish see you. All you, right. You fish very differently. You're kind of like – and actually, fishing with John Hunter in a yeah. creek is the same way. Like, it's hammer, hammer, cover water. Mm-hmm. And I will methodically fish to one fish that I know is there for a long time. Yeah. And you just, like, you're down the – do you do yeah. that with bass too? Uh, it depends on the scenario, but yeah, Will like spawning fish where I know back? they're up shallow and close. Yeah, and I'll throw something different. Usually, mm. if they feel your hook, I will I will immediately switch lures or flies to mm. throw something kind of similar, a little different, right? To give them a different look. 
Um, and fly fishing, sometimes if I know if I've gotten consistent bites on a fly, I will continue working that same fly because there's a bug that they're eating in the water that's close to what I have. And so I will keep it on longer. But yeah, sometimes you can throw something different in the same spot. What yeah. was your strategy yesterday? Like that time I was kind of, I was on that bend and you were, you got in the water and you started waiting and then you waited like all the way down, like in the water. Like what are you, how are you? Yeah. I usually try to get in the middle of the water. Yeah. I, I try to, I try to use a fly as intended initially. So if it's like a streamer, I'll try to put it in a little bit faster current. If Mm. it's like a nymph, I'll put it in a slower current Mm. and I'll try to cover as much water as I can. And then I'll just use that fly as not intended. I'll put a streamer in, in a pool and let it sit and slowly, you know, I was your own nymphing. So I'll just let it hang there or I'll put a nymph in fast water. That's like the last resort. And then I move on. And by moving on, I mean, I might move two foot down and and hit slightly lower on that same part pocket but i try to just cover as much water as i can generally so you're changing flies like every so you're like i'm gonna do a streamer i'm gonna throw a nymph and like you know you said like a two foot stretch i'll I'll usually i'll usually segment it i'll look at a section of water and be like okay on this section i'm gonna do and a section might be 20, 30 foot. Mm. I'll do a streamer here. And then if that doesn't work, then I'll switch to a nymph later. And then when times get desperate, as they did at the end of that trip, I'll yeah. b- bust out the trout magnet, which is <laughs> still borderline <laughs> cheating. But and still didn't work. <clears throat> still didn't work. And What's that the made trout me feel magnet? Good. It's like this kind of gimmicky artificial plastic it almost looks like a bass fishing plastic like lure. a grub or something it's like yeah you know crappie fly fishermen are kind of purist where mm. you should be throwing flies or some sort of hand tied thing and even squirmy wormies people kind of can get a little mm. weird about yeah my middle but name a is trout, a trout magnet is like <laughs> not fly fishing at all but really when so like for bass fishing when i'm changing out like my lure or whatever, sometimes it take a second. Because if I did a single and now I'm going to go to, I don't know, some kind of other thing, I'm doing something different. Is it like that for flies? Mm-hmm. Like you, it takes a second. You're not just like. You can pre-rig some kind of stuff if you're doing yeah. like a dry dropper rig or something. I've got an Orvis box. Do you have that Orvis box where you can wrap? I have, yeah. I have a box like that, yeah. So yeah. are you standing out? You're just standing out there with your fanny pack on and then you got the. Yeah, I've got a chest rig, right and it, like, folds into a little table. Oh, And then okay. everything's, like, zippered to me. So I just fold it that's and nice. then spend five minutes trying to get the, mm-hmm. the tippet through the aisle. And then once that's done. Dan is, like, go-go gadget. Like, <laughs> I, every time I, I go do something with Dan, he's got, like, more I, gadgets I've never seen. And then he and takes out his AR, and then he just <laughs> well, starts. <laughs> well, this time, I look over, and there's this, like, weird, looks like... Uh, plastic phone phone holder on his waist and I'm like surely he's not putting his phone there I'm like what what is that and he's like it's a rod holder so you put he sets his fly rod in there so when he's in the water he's just like like me I just put my rod between my legs yeah. and I'm like reaching out and like doing stuff it's like difficult yeah. but that it holds thing, your rod and then it can point it up and it's yeah. also good if you land a fish and you don't want to yeah. put your you know you don't have to worry about mm. your rod tip or whatever I am a gadget collector and that's why and my wife knows this whenever I'm like, 
Hey, so I might go turkey hunting this spring. Yeah. Is code for I'm about to spend like a thousand dollars on stuff that I don't need. Yeah. So she's like, uh, okay, well, just and you know, I just I just buy stuff. I'm I'm just one of those people. I like to be prepared, as you guys kind of learned with Gayos. Like I like to yeah. be like, what if we need the the skill saw? We better bring that with us. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if you take the same progression I did. Both of you. So when I started fly fishing, I started with the basics. Then I started gadgetizing, started buying the the doohickeys for this and that and all mm-hmm. these, you know, niche uses on the river. And now I've I've actually gone back towards the beginning where I'm trying to figure out things I can take out of my waste pack, take out of my waiter pocket. And I think that's because you have the confidence of knowing that it's not the doohickeys Bingo. that do it. Some Bingo. of the flies, too, like the fly selection, the more, f- and this is just like bachelors, the more you have, the more indecision you have, you're yeah. going to stand there and stare at it and try to figure yeah. out what to use. I've started to get to where if you give me an hour to go fishing, there's probably eight to ten flies that I will grab no matter yeah. what, and that's what I take. I think that, like, I think that, I don't have as much experience in fly fishing, obviously, but like hunting and bass fishing, as the hunting season went on, I took less and less and less and less. And like Phil talks about, like sometimes I'm going out in the woods with a gun and my skinning and dressing knives. Like that's it. Like that's all I need. The first trip I took hunting, like I I had snacks and multiple water bottles and Powerade and on top of like all this extra gear that like I would never ever need or like you know it's it's weird but then as bass fishing now I literally will take a like I keep these little gum containers like from extra they like they're like shaped kind of like a rectangle and the top opens up I keep all those and then I'll throw like I wash them make sure I don't get mint scent on my stuff right and then I put three lures in there put that in my back pocket and I take one rod and go and like it's it's kind of like, okay, I'm looking at the conditions, I'm looking at like the time of the year and all that stuff, making three decisions and then going down. If if those three things don't work, it just ain't my day. And it's like, what what is going to work? I don't know. So this brings me to my question I had to y'all today. I'm going to go bass fishing this mm-hmm. weekend, okay? But I'm more of a pond girl, right? Mm-hmm. Big pond, lake. I'm going to a river, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't the Ohio River, you going to the Blue? I'm going to the Blue River. Um, family friend property, gravel, like little inset. So it's not huge. It's going to be decent weather this week. It's going to be in the 60s on Saturday. It's sunny-ish, I think. I don't think it'll be muddy water. Are you waiting or going in the canoe or kayak? Mm, probably from the bank. Okay. Mm. Or like, yeah, maybe. I'll, and you're I'll fishing a gravel bar, you said? <clears throat> Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, what am I using? This is an, a simplification example. So anytime I go smallmouth fishing, mm-hmm. that's the best thing you're going to be going for yeah. there. Then there's some great smallmouth in that river. Mm-hmm. Crawfish, small bait fish. So, I mean, you can take a bunch of stuff, but I would literally take um, some soft plastic crawfish, maybe mm-hmm. some Ned rigs with okay. some, some little, the little Cinco's mm-hmm. or crawfish. And then for the bait fish stuff, if you can find just like, I, I sometimes use crappie jigs and the smallmouth will take them. Okay. And if the smallmouth don't, you've also got like a, a rock bass, warm mouth, okay. green sunfish type thing that mm-hmm. will also bite those. Yeah. And 
I have some I'll give you that is my go-to favorite color. It's uh, it's called Mayfly. It's like a pink with a iridescent and then a black flake in that. Mm. And for some reason, I have the most success with that. But I go very, I, I go smaller than I would for large mouth, mm-hmm. and I just simplify down to a couple things. Okay. All right. I'm do I don't it. know what the small mouth are doing right now. It's a good question. I'm curious to see how you do. Mm-hmm. Liz actually requested to go small mouth fishing this weekend. So. Oh my Ooh. gosh! And you were like, I guess <laughs> <laughs> my Lanta, you are my woman. <laughs> <laughs> my Lanta. So yeah, that okay. that's that would be my approach to your first time fishing that like that. Is that your first time fishing this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we picked up our camper this weekend. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we're camping on Saturday out on this uh, property. and Will your kids fish with you, or is it just yeah. kind of a... Okay. Well, when I say that I'm fishing, I mean that I'm going to try and fish, but then they'll be like, I've hooked my jaw, and I'll be like, oh, God, emergency room. and <laughs> Or, like, they'll be getting little sunfish with their worms, and I'll have to keep messing with them. But Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hopefully I'll get some bites in. Cool. Well, I know we all have a bunch to do. That's the thing with Monday morning podcasts is like I'm thinking about holy crap, we got a lot to do this week. Yep. So we're we're down to twenty four minutes here. I think wrapping up a fun way to do this. A lot of people have been like tagging the show and stuff. Um and like tagging all of us. So real quick I'll mention I'm Braden Ware, that's Dan Hood, Jacob Knight, and Erica Johnson. Um, we kind of talked about like minimizing the stuff we're taking. So like maybe tag like your, if you're into bass fishing or fly fishing or deer hunting or turkey hunting or whatever, like what is your bare minimum setup? Like when you log this podcast tag, like let's cap it at five pieces of gear that you're going to take. And maybe that'll help like all of us in looking at this stuff. Like what are some of like just the flat out essentials? I bet there'll be some like, these line up and you might have to do some clarifying like this is my bass setup for you know mornings in the spring or something like that mm-hmm. but whatever it may be i'm curious to see that so yeah that'll be a good one let's try that all right well thanks for watching guys see you next week